This is the Hack the Future podcast, the human stories behind courage, purpose, and imagination. Join your host, Terrence Mowry, who will guide you on the journey of reimagining the world as we know it. Today, I'm delighted to chat with Samuel West, who is the chief curator of the Museum of Failure. We'll be discussing why we so often miss the opportunity to fail well, and why do we get failure wrong, and how to get it right. The number one takeaway is that great lessons can be learned from learning to fail well. Samuel West, welcome to Hack the Future. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm so excited that we finally get to speak to frame our conversation today. I was walking through Brooklyn uh, about a month ago and I came across the Museum of Failure and I, I walked in and it was just it just blew my mind in terms of capturing the zeitgeist of reframing failure uh, as an opportunity to grow. And so today I want to give our listeners the equivalent of a double espresso or a can of Fanta to shake up their thinking and get them to rethink failure. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Looking forward to this. Yes, let's do this. So, okay, can we go back a bit to 2016 and you're in Zagreb, Croatia? Can you tell me more about what happened there? Because I think that that really kind of frames where we are today in terms of how you've founded and curate the Museum of Failure. Yeah, well, I was doing... A PhD. So I'm a clinical psychologist uh, by training. And then I did a PhD in organizational psych. And I was fascinated with the the literature and the the research being done on failure, Mm. uh, discussing failure and learning from it. Anyway, I didn't know how to sort of present that information in a, in a compelling way, in an interesting way. You know, as you know, there's a lot of information out there. Too much. Too much. So, um, and I was, you know, I, I TED talk, a book, what should I do? Mm. Um, and, and then I was just by, by chance on vacation with my family in Zagreb, mm. stumbled in, like you did, to the yes. Museum of Failure, yes. um, um, into a museum called the Museum of Broken Relationships. Wow. Now, if you don't know about this, do yourself a favor and Google it, okay. because um, it was just fascinating, like this, this abstract concept of, mm. of, of, of the fragility of relationships. Yes. Um, it's an abstract, crazy concept, but they managed to make a physical museum out of it. And I was I was blown away. Um, Is it still, do, you, do you know if it's still uh, open and accessible? Yes, yes, it's still okay. open and they do touring. They, they have, it's on tour as well. Mm-hmm. They've been going for 15 years, so yes. they've, they've been around a while. But the... And then I, I, I had, I had my own little Eureka moment mm-hmm. and just like, hey, you know, if they can do a museum, then so can I. And I had no idea. I, don't even like museums so. <laughs> <laughs> they could be a bit stuffy can't they let's face it yeah um, so so yeah no that's it i got some funding from the swedish innovation fund yes um and to, that helped me start uh, and, and then it yes. exploded yeah and and is this true so just as a fact check in terms of my research uh, before we got to speak today Something about the net, the domain name for the museum was registered. There was like a spelling mistake. Is that is that I true? Thought, I thought I thought this podcast was supposed to be positive and to highlight how fantastic I am and how smart you are. And now you're bringing up this kind, bringing up the dirt. It's I'm, I'm going big on confessional today. <laughs> so the, yeah, I'm, I I you know I get an idea and I like to buy the domain because you know. Yes. Um, it's important and uh, I was so happy to buy uh, museumoffailure.com mm. 
and it was still available in 2016 which was amazing i thought yes Um, bought it all happy with myself celebrated with a beer um and then you know how you get the confirmation email like oh thank you for your purchase yes um i got that and it said congratulations you own museum of failure.com it's like miss (laughs) i'm the only museum founder curator it cannot spell the word museum. <laughs> but that, that is brilliant. And then that takes us up to today, which is, you know, for our listeners' benefit uh, around the world, you know, what is the core mission of the Museum of Failure? And what do you want people to feel when they visit and to how, how they feel sort of rethinking uh, and, and unlearning maybe as well? Yeah, so there's, there's, there's two aims that I designed uh, into the museum. One is to... Uh, help us appreciate n- not just companies, organizations, but even us as individuals to appreciate the role of uh, failure, risk taking for progress and innovation. Yes, that's what major. That's, that's like the, that's the main aim. Got it. <clears throat> Second one is this is a little bit more towards organizations, but mm. um, you know, there's a lot that organizations are doing very poorly when it comes to you know learning from failure. Yes. Um, there's so much uh, a wasted potential. So there's a lot of room for improvement and yes. and to learn from failure you can't it's not straightforward um it does require some effort yes um uh, yes so uh, that's that and that ties very nicely in with the previous guest of yours uh, uh amy edmondson's yes. uh, work um the third aim is something that the visitors have 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 sort of taught me and that is <clears throat> that they feel liberated uh, when they see these big brands, these big companies, these multinational, extremely, you know, uh, rich companies yes. uh, with a lot of experience and talent, et cetera, um, when they try, when they push their boundaries, they still mess up. And 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 there are some big examples. So I'm going to list a few here. So New Coke, Bic for Her Pens, Limeade Flavored, Orero Cookies, Colgate Lasagna. Is that a real one as well? <laughs> that Colgate lasagna is a funny one. It's uh, it's uh, it was never a lasagna. Ah. Uh, my in my intern made that box. Yes. Um, it's a replica of a 1960s attempt by Colgate to extend their brand into frozen foods. It was the actual ones. Yes. I can't find the original packages, but yes, they were uh, uh, food made from dehydrated crab meat and dehydrated <laughs> chicken. <laughs> So, <laughs> I think the, I think I'm doing, Colgate, be I'm doing yeah I'm doing Colgate a favor by at least making it <laughs> lasagna, <laughs> crystal uh, crystal Pepsi and a, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a gyrating hula chair which I actually tried out in Brooklyn. You and feel fit? Do you feel nice and fit now? I did. I did. Uh, I, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then there was um what was it called the um, Harley Davidson. Am I getting Perfume. this right? Hot Road? Yeah. Hot yeah. Rod? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's Hot Road. Okay, sorry. <laughs> My imagination got carried away. <laughs> I mean, this was a time, this was a time when Harley Davidson, you know, their massive brand, it's a similar thing as uh, Colgate, actually. They, they said, hey, we make motorcycles, we have a strong brand, let's make other stuff. And then yes. they just went crazy and made too much crap. Yes. Uh, and, and the brand suffered because of it. I wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned that, you know, there's so much organizations get wrong in terms of creating you know, cultures of humility, cultures of risk, cultures of experimentation. And, you know, what would you say are some of the, the biggest sins or blind spots of organizations from your research around the world 
that our, you know, our listeners can uh, reflect on when it comes to you know, not creating environments <laughs> where people can fail intelligently? I think one major aspect is uh, psychological safety. Yes. Uh, without that, it's impossible to have productive discussions about failure. It's impossible to learn from failure. Yes. It's impossible to do anything exactly. uh, with failure if you don't have that that basic sort of sense of safety within the team or within the organization. Yes. Um, I also think that there's an, I haven't. This is an unrefined thought here. Yes. But perfect. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, and that is how. A corporate bullshit yes. um, sort of gets in, it get, it definitely gets in a way of learning because, you know, um, companies large and small, innovative and not, you know, successful or not, yes. they they have something in common. And that is when things get uncomfortable, they like to cover things in corporate bullshit. I, see, so, I hear it all that, the time, all the yeah, buzzwords. And it, it, it does. And it, and, it, and, it, and it prevents learning because everyone knows it's fake. Like yes. um and 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 I hear it so often. Yes. Um, oh, can you can you come and give a keynote at mm. our company? And would you mind not using the word failure? Like incredible. no. <laughs> that's, I mean that's incredible. There's still no. still avoidance. Yeah, and and that's that's one thing. And then yes. there's there's a um a more sort of universal reason is that failure is uncomfortable, and we yes. just like animals we. As biological organisms, we we uh, avoid discomfort, mm. and this is emotionally discomfort, uh, yes. uncomfortable discomfort of of you know admitting our own faults or our role in it. Yes, um, and it's just that feeling we'd rather avoid. So, hey, let's talk it's... about our new. Hey, twenty twenty four, we have a new <laughs> service we're developing. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it segues so well into the conversation I had with. Professor Amy Evanson, a couple of weeks ago, her new book coming out, The Right Side of Wrong. And she spoke about this idea of learning to fail well. And I wanted, mm. wanted to get you, your perspective on, you know, what can we do, you know, with our, with our kids, for example, in the school education system? Because I think it starts at su such an early mm. age, doesn't it? This getting, yeah, getting people yeah. to understand the biology of failure and to really start embracing it as a tailwind rather than avoiding it or, or, or not talking about yeah. it, and do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? You know, in terms of what schools and teachers need to, and parents need to be thinking about to help people understand and embrace learning to fail well. I'll answer that with an example from the yes. museum. Um, we have a we have a failure confessional. It's ah, sort of yes. one of the few few interactive things at the museum. It's it's really fun because it's so simple, and after you've seen all these. You've walked around for an hour or so, and you've seen these in these failures from different industries and different fields. Yes, um, and serious ones where people died, and then silly, mm. stupid ones that are just funny, like the cooler chair. Mm. <clears throat> um, and then, and then at the end, you 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 can confess. You know, like confessing your sins, it feels good. It feels it cleansing. It does. So, I mean, the Catholics got that right. Um, and the um, confessing your failures also feels quite nice. You know, it's it's liberating. Yes. Um, so we, you write your, the idea at the confession wall is that you write your failure on a piece of paper and then you post it up on the wall for everyone to see. And it's so popular that we, you know, we could fill probably all of the walls in the museum with these post-it notes. Yes. Um, and then... To answer your question, um, one uh, I remember one memorable visit where um, uh, a couple with adult you know, children <clears throat> came to the museum, and, and the children were extremely successful and well known in their fields. Yes, um, like high performing, super 
uh, of successful smart. kids. Mm. And so the parents have all right to be proud. Um, yes. And then we went, they went to the whole museum. And then at the end, um, um, the, one of the parents wrote, um, it took a long time to think, what am I going to write? Yes. Wrote, I taught my children to succeed, but I didn't teach them to fail well. So that was the yes. parents' failure. And that really, for me, that was powerful because it's something, you know, we, we teach our kids and, you know, society sort of instills that upon us as well. Like, you know, you're supposed to succeed, succeed. And, and, uh, and this entire obsession and, and, and uh, with mm. success. And that, that happens at the expense of failure because failure yes. is very real and it's very common. Yes. It's a rule. <laughs> and, yes. and if we can't handle failure well, and we're only, um, you know, uh, honed in on success. It it does stigmatize failure, and it makes it it's, very difficult to deal with. And it it seems to me that the world we're in, the world poly crisis, permit crisis, predict the unpredictable, yes, all this volatility, yes. actually being flexible and being able to yeah, um, embrace failing, a failure, and and take risks and, and and bold bets is a way that you grow and learn more about yourself, what you want, but also what you don't want in life. <laughs> exactly. How would you know unless you've tried? Exactly. I mean, you mentioned as well in a, in a really interesting interview with CBS New York, one of the, and I'm quoting, one of the biggest obstacles to innovation um, is the fear of failure. And are there any other thoughts you have from your own experiences and from your ongoing research on what anybody, anybody listening today can do to reduce the fear of failure, either for themselves or mm. you mentioned corporate bullshit and all the buzzwords and platitudes. What can, what can business leaders do to start reducing this fear of failure? The one thing, the most obvious one is to be more open about discussing uh, failure and yes. admitting your your fallibility if you're a leader. Yes. Um, even a, a team leader, um, being open about that and transparent. Yes. Um, second, second thing is um, so discussing failure and, and having yes. discuss, uh, you know productive discussions about it. Mm. Um, I also think um, <clears throat> to overcome the fear of failure, uh, it's fa the fear of failure is very similar to any other anxiety or or fear in that we what if we exaggerate what that horrible situation future situation is yes. so um we overestimate how horrible failure will be so um, obviously if people are dying and stuff that's bad but in, yes. in the context of you and i work in our listeners most of it is just at best you know at worst it's economic failure of some sort yes. um but um we overestimate how bad it is so um and 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 we spend a lot of time uh, avoiding failure rather and 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 spend resources on failure avoidance when we probably should be better at failure recovery you know like I love that and i love that sort of dynamic where you can invest all your all your money and time and efforts into avoiding failure and you won't be innovative and you'll probably die off yes um, or you can get very good at um um uh, accepting intelligent failures, yes. learning from them, and when things go way off, mm. despite your best efforts, you can recover from it. I think that's such an important point because this idea of, of bounce back and anti-fragility and resilience and this idea is really chimes with what I feel, which is we always overestimate the risk of doing things differently or trying new things. Yes. And we always underestimate the risk of standing still. If your ratio of failures isn't high, 
actually, it's actually a sign that you're probably not growing, learning, evolving, adapting. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is this is so true. As your uh, as an organization's um, success rate increases and yes. endeavors, uh, the innovation just plummets. Yes. Yes. Um, so you need to uh, keep that failure rate, you know, at at a good level. Yes, it, it brings me to an interesting point that Professor Adam Grant uh, wrote about recently was that this idea that the regret of inaction always outweighs the regret of action. Mm. And two of the biggest regrets when we get to the end of our lives are a boldness, like a lack of boldness mm -hmm. and a lack of connection. And it strikes me that actually learning to fail well is also about you know reducing these regrets of inaction. Absolutely. Um, even philosophically, you can go trace it back, but you can, you know, um, your, your, your regrets for doing something that you at the time thought was positive or advantageous. It's really difficult to regret that in, in, when you did everything right at the time with the yes. information you had, even if it goes completely, you know, berserk. What's next for the Museum of Failure in terms of the next kind of 12 to 18 months? You're, you know, it's, a, it's, an, it's such an exciting ride right now. And for those yes. listening today, you know, I recommend that wherever, wherever you are in the world, have a look at the Museum of Failure because it's in Brooklyn. And where is it going to be next? What's the kind of so path? Yeah, so it'll move on from Brooklyn to Washington, D.C. So right yes. now I'm researching policy and federal government failures in the U.S., Yes. Um, there's let me just say there's no lack of those exactly. Um, I thought so. over <laughs> and then uh, it'll probably make it the United States exhibition will, will make it over to the West Coast. Uh, there's a lot of interest from uh, you know, expected interest from uh, San Francisco area. Yes. Um, and then uh, my what I'm working on now is trying to get a permanent museum because it's tiresome to always keep it on the road yes and i mean it's good for visitor numbers and and for the number of people who can who can access it but but it's it's tiresome for me and it doesn't it doesn't allow me to develop it mm. i mean i need a permanent spot so i can actually uh you know uh, continue developing both the physical exhibition itself and the concept so that that's what i'm i'll be doing for the next uh, half a year or so um right. and, exactly. and i think and the uh, I'm interested in now, of course, with um, with the developments in AI. Yes. Um, it's quite. In <laughs> I, I'm not. I promised myself I wouldn't say this, but um, you know, <laughs> I would. I mean, do you think we should? Is it too? When can we put the Apple Pro goggles in uh, the museum? Oh yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, I saw the uh, advertising for that, and there was a really great spoof of somebody with um, <laughs> AR, which stands for yeah, actual yeah. reality. Yeah, and he was like walking around a forest, going, "Wow, I've just put on my AR glasses." Yeah, and, and the screen, the screen is even bigger than in the goggles. I can smell, <laughs> you know, I can smell the forest. I can hear things. I can touch things. AR is incredible. <laughs> actual reality. I think it's yeah. The story is still being written, isn't it? But uh, let's let it'll be interesting to to see what happens with that story. I mean, there's so much hype and hysteria out there yeah. as well. People love yeah. the shiny new thing. Look at the metaverse. Yes. The number of mentions yeah. of the metaverse huh? has dropped about ninety percent in the last year. No, oh, uh, it's not. It's not that long ago that the metaverse was the the coolest kid in town. Yes, and everything, everybody was jumping on board, and then now it's just as dead as it can be. Yes. Um, and metamorphosis yeah 
it does it does say something about us as human i mean it's not just that we like the new shiny things we're we're extremely um manipulated by trends and fads like yes um and um it's very interesting to be in the failure business because mm. all this investment in this new these new technologies and all the experimentation mm. inevitably leads to failed products and services. So. Yes, yes. I wanted to, a couple of final points, and I wanted to ask you again your travels around the world, different countries. Mm. Do you get a sense that different cultures also have a different tolerance to failure at a very cultural level? Oh wow definitely there's a huge difference in the approach to failure mm. from the you know the californian fail forward yes. um silicon valley is great about accepting failure but they're not any better than anyone else at learning from failure yes um so but they haven't there is an acceptance of failure there um uh, too even in europe i mean the north you know scandinavia yes versus versus you know Italy, France, Spain, more, sort of more um, open to experimenting, failing. Yeah, and then there's the then you have my sort of favorite, um, the Germans. They they do not fail. <laughs> like they, and this is a fun. It's such a fun thing because they, you know, it, you know, it, it they get a lot a lot of things right, but they don't get innovation right that often. Yes, uh, yes. and and um. And a lot of that might have to do with their approach to failure and, and how mm. impossible it is for a German to admit failure. Um, yes. And then you have, um, you know, moving even further, uh, the, the the far far east. Uh, what about and, Japan? Japan, Korea, even in China, there's a very conflicted relationship to failure. And when we do the museums there, whether it's the full exhibitions or pop-up exhibitions for events, um, the 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 emotional response. Uh, we did one recently in in Seoul, a small pop up, and I was not prepared for the amount of tears. Um, wow! This is a professional business setting, and people saying, "I've you know I've, I've experienced failure in my life, and I can't talk to anybody about it. I can't admit it to myself because shame. it's not acceptable." And then, and then having that, I'm, I'm here standing in a museum of failure. Anyway, it's it's not. Yes. It's a small pop up. Yes. Um, but it's an emotional experience because it, it's something that's not dealt with, and it's shame. It's extremely shameful. Yes. Have you come across any forward thinking schools or in the Nordics that are? That are really pioneering failure or, or learning to embrace it more uh, with more humility and and not avoid it. Any any sort of uh, stories or observations? Um, there are um, there are you know pockets of that, yes. um, and there's definitely with a generational shift in leadership, there's more um, openness to you know accepting failure. Um, you know, blame blame free cultures, yes. for example, it's called in France and and, and Germany. Um, and there is some sort of, I mean, fail, some people are saying like, that failure has, is peak. It, we've reached peak failure now <laughs> in, f in terms of interest in failure. Um, I hope not, but, uh, yes. um, <laughs> from my yeah. business, but, um, but, but there is something to be said that there is a growing acceptance that we, 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 we need to destigmatize failure, yes. um, because we've been obsessed with success for, for long enough and it's the effects of that on us on our well-being yes. uh on on you know late stage capitalism climate screw up 
um everything else it's not maybe we should stay take a step back and say hey let's let's look at uh, maybe success isn't all it's cracked up to be and i think it's true isn't it there's there is an upside to failure there's experience there's lessons learned and without failure and leaning into it you you don't learn you don't grow you don't you don't make the most of the time we have on that planet no and i think another element another aspect is that failure and I'm going off on a different tangent yes, at yes. The, end of the end of this chat, but the is that fa- one reason that Museum of Failure has resonated globally and mm. so 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 in- intensively is that people report that it it's human. It's yes. it's a truly um co- uh, you know computers don't fail yes. and corporations they have their spin doctors and uh, you know legal departments and copywriters who change failure into challenges um um etc but mm. but the 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 failure is sort of the last sort of genuine authentic frontier mm. like yes. you know with, when when chat can create fantastic copy <laughs> what makes what makes a text actually human is is the screw up it's felt that i saw it firsthand in a very visceral and visible way when i was in the uh in the museum in brooklyn people were lots of curiosity there were it was multi-generational as well and everybody mm. loved the confessional wall at the end mm. so i think it's a must visit for our listeners today and i, I yes, before you yes. end um, i have a question for you yes uh you put me on the spot i'm gonna yes, do it to you please all right, sir. Um, what did you write on the failure confessional wall? We get traumatized from a very early age about failure, and then we stop doing it. We try and avoid it, uh, and so I, I, from memory, I, I wrote, you know, "Learn to fail well, learn to fail more," mm. and that that is sort of like excellent a bit of a mantra. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yes, and and uh, I think that would be a mantra to leave all our listeners with today, which is Definitely. learning to fail well is 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 a is a really uh, is a cornerstone of um, living a full life. And do you have any final takeaways for our listeners today? Um, failure. If you give yourself permission to fail, uh, then that opens up the door for the experimentation and exploration that is. Um, but in a business sense, you know, essential. But even for us, just as as individuals, it makes life more interesting. I love that. Samuel West, museum founder and curator of the Museum of Failure. Thank you. Thank you.